Is this your leader? This is your leader. <laughs> Do you want fries with that? <laughs> what is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. No more. people my name's Kasabian Lavo welcome to Kasabian Lavo show um last episode literally when we uploaded um there was a protest going on in here in Las Vegas uh by the way welcome from beautiful overly fucking heated Las Vegas um I'm in town it's, it's popping <clears throat> literally I want to say oh, 15 20 minutes after we uploaded the last podcast uh Kamala Harris was here protesting with McDonald's workers with a hashtag fight for 15, the living wage, um, which is beyond me that that's even a thing. And this is why I wish they taught just, I mean, the, 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 the beginning principles of fucking basic economics would stop all of this fucking madness. Um, the fact that you have a, a presidential uh, runner or candidate that is out here, not only protesting for you to make more money at mcdonald's the fact that that is considered leadership is blowing my fucking mind now you're fighting for a job that's literally getting replaced by a robot like you're 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 fighting for a job that you will be replaced with a robot i don't know why i can't talk right now like my mouth wants to say something but it's not coming out right you are working okay don't do the countdown do the no no countdown all right, so basically, they have you working minimum effort, minimum intelligence jobs that are basically um, jobs for human interaction. They're jobs for preparation in, in future uh, endeavors. Um, these are jobs that are more or less uh, a beginner job you know, your introduction to the workforce. And they want you to fight for a live a livable wage, which is fucking crazy, right? Like, do you, do you even know what that means? What's a livable wage? What, what does that mean? How do we all spend the same? What's a livable wage? My livable wage is not your livable wage. You don't know what I'm worth. You don't know what I do per minute. Like, you, what do you do per minute? Do you sell? Do you buy? Do you this? Do you that? Like, how do we have anybody out there hollering and hooting for you to get a livable wage? That doesn't make any sense. With all these regulations and, and these rent control and things of that nature that have literally turned the economy upside down, including unions, especially in a city where we're pretty much ran by the unions. There's a lot of issues with that. Now, I was in construction at one point in my life. Uh, it was not union. Uh, my best friend and his father are both in the union, and it's worked out very well for them. So it's always been hard for me to have an issue with something because I understand the fundamental issues with it, but I've seen people benefit from it, although people do suffer from it. Um, for example, 
if you're fighting for a union for McDonald's right now, right, to pay more, to to guarantee you make better wages, right, um, you're you're basically promoting and you are probably the best marketing tool right now uh programmers ipad people and screen people have right now you are literally the marketing team for the designers and the young people at silicon valley that's coming up with all these programs and shit and they're building these dope ass screens and these dope ass apps and this easy ass way to get my food at McDonald's and not deal with this punk ass fucking kid or even better yet, not dealing with this 47 year old asshole that's pissed off at me that he has to ask me what I want my fucking fries. And yeah, I want M&Ms and Oreos in my McFlurry. Why does that break your fucking brain? I bet you if I type it in a fucking iPad, the iPad could figure it out. So what am I saying? You're fighting for a union? I mean, this happened once before. Uh, I got an article. I got an article. This one right here. It's Thomas So uh, Sowell. I fucking love this guy. He's become um, a mentor uh, for me. One, uh, I represented a lot with him. Like right when you see him, you know, he's an older black man that came from New York, big family. Uh, a lot of diversity, and he's just fucking smart, and he's an imperialist, he says he, he ha- believes in proofs, like, you have to be able to show it on paper, he's just not rocking with it, which is amazing to me, um, but there's an article I printed out, and he talks about the unions, he has a problem, he has a problem with unions, and I mean, I've, I've seen the issues, I've heard the fights bet- between, you know, local businesses and then unions that come in and kind of trample all over, but this is a great story, this is from uh, the 1900s, early 1900s, 1920, 1960. The most famous labor union leader. This is out of an article. Uh, I'll give you guys the pool. It's, a, it's from, uh, it just says Union Myths. Hmm. It's by Thomas Sowell. I mean, you can find it so well. Swole, Sowell, Swole. Uh, I'm not good at pronunciation. I don't give a fuck. Fight me. I heard some other guy say it completely wrong, but it's S-O-W-E-L-L. So, so well. Um... But here's the quote. The most famous union leader, the legendary John L. Lewis, head of the United States Mine Workers from 1920 to 1960, secured raising wages and job benefits for local miners far beyond what they could have gotten out of a free market based on supply and demand. But there's no free lunch. Is that you? Sounds like a fucking saw. Were you blowing your nose? Oh, all right. But I'm sorry. There's no free lunch. An economist at the University of Chicago called John L. Lewis the world's greatest oil salesman. So what did I tell y'all? Y'all keep fighting for $15 an hour. You're going to become the best iPad salespeople ever. In in layman's terms. I mean, them giant screens with fucking programs, iPads. You guys are becoming the biggest iPad sellers out here. I'll continue. His strikes and then I'm not good at reading. His strikes that interrupted the supply of coal as well as the resulting wage increase that raised its price caused many individuals and businesses to switch from using coal to using oil. So I'll break that down. He bitched and whined and said, pay us more, pay us more. We're a union. That's fine. The corporation starts paying more. Now they're asking for more, but they would go on strike and they wouldn't work until they got more. Fine. We'll pay you more, but now we have to raise the price on the product so we can make money. Well, with all the interruptions, because of striking, they stopped making food. For example, the 45 McDonald's workers that are protesting, that's fine. You can protest, 
there's a McDonald's app and it promotes heavy. And if you have the app on Fridays, you order from the app, walk in and grab your free fries and get the fuck out. <coughs> so while you're outside protesting, the app is showing everybody that not only it works better, it's quieter and gets the shit done without bitching and complaining. Secondly, you're fighting for something that doesn't deserve any type of money until shown. Unfortunately, I'm against minimum wages. Minimum wages are probably one of the most detrimental things that have happened to our economy. Because although some employers, to them, it's a stretch, there's others that use it as a way to get away with not paying accordingly. It fucks up a lot of things. See, the free market works on supply and demand. So when something's in high demand, i.e. an employee, they're going to pay them more. When there's too many employees or the job is an easier job that doesn't generate much money, they're going to get paid less. Flipping burgers and taking orders is has now become an application that one person has created or maybe a few. But either way, it was created and it's automated. You are useless now. Unless you can give me amazing customer service and make my fucking day, I don't want to talk to you. I don't give a fuck about your attitude, and I don't know why you looking at me crazy when I ask for fucking M&Ms and Oreos in my goddamn McFlurry. That's all I'm saying. You're outside protesting. Now, you want more money? McDonald's will give you more money, but guess what? Because y'all keep protesting, it's just like the coal that wasn't being sold. You guys stop working... Their iPads are working. They've already invested in these iPads. We'll give you 15 an hour, but now you're only going to work an hour or two a day because now all we need you to do is to clean the screens and fuck off. You see, now we can start changing the whole landscape of the... Now let's rethink how we even serve food because we've had a kitchen the way that we have it to keep people on one side and keep the guests or keep workers on one side and guests on the other. Well, what happens if we get rid of workers completely? What if we had like a free-flowing kitchen where maybe you just had a couple people here and there just to um, add the, the 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 fruits and vegetables and fucking meats and shit to the machine and the machine does everything. And now you have it like in the middle and now it's more of a hub instead of a, a service thing where you step up to a counter. You see what that does? Y'all just open up doors for people like me who are interior designers and creative and forward thinking. You keep protesting. The price is going to go up. But here's the catch. See, the price ain't going to go up on these burgers. McDonald's is good at what they do for a reason. They're as big as they are for a reason. If you think that they haven't figured out this game, trust me, they they went and put it. Mind you, McDonald's is a huge real estate owner. Their wealth is long because of what they've done with land. So they're, they're going to attack this appropriately. They're, all right. They invested in these screens. They invested in these programs. They've invested in their app. That means that they're not worried about you leaving. Take a walk. You see, the more you fight them, the cheaper the iPads get. You see, when you buy in bulk, you get deals. Big deals. I'm McDonald's and I need uh, 45,000 five-foot screens, OLEDs, with the program that we already paid for and licensed out. We already took care of that, 10 mil. Bow. Then we're going to put up another... Uh, $75 million. And guess what? That $75 million going to turn a profit like that. They don't have to have insurance. As a business owner, I was probably the first furniture store that was live online as an app at the store. So my salespeople weren't salespeople. My salespeople are designers. They were never called salespeople. 
We don't use that term. They're designers. They're there to help you design your home. You're the salesperson. You know what you need. I give you an app. You use the app to order your furniture. They explain it to you. They show it to you. We might even have it already here. Either way, it takes about three days to get here, and I'll get it to your house before the end of the week. But I understand that sometimes there's certain things that it's a lot easier to use somebody when they're knowledgeable, not when they're just working for a check. See, I just gave y'all some gems right there. Pay attention. When I hire somebody as a designer to sell something, what happens is that you get a better quality of service because they're not trying to sell you on a product. They're trying to sell you on the best thing that'll suit you, right? So you know you need a sofa. That's why I think it's erroneous to have certain um, business models. Hold on. I don't want to hit that fucking external cable again. Coño. <laughs> nah, last time that whole shit melted down. Um, it, it, A car salesman is one of the craziest shits to me, especially now. But even even the idea, like, you know, if I, if I need a car, what I need is a person that's more of a banker. That's what I need when I go to a car dealership, right? I need a banker to service people. So if I ran a car dealership, I would have people that do credit management, you know, some type of a, not credit management, but understood credit and somebody that did economic um, uh, financial planning, some type of uh, banking experience. (coughs) Cars sell themselves. People don't get cars because of what's in them. Most people that buy cars buy cars because of what they can afford. So if you walk into a dealership knowing that, man, I'm giving away too much. If you walk into a dealership knowing that every car in that dealership is $20,000, right? And for you to qualify to get a decent loan with a decent monthly price, you need to come in there with about five grand. So no matter what car is on the lot with five grand, you're going to get in it with a payment of two fifty dollars a month. Your interest rate is going to be somewhere between 7 and 12%, 12 on a high end, right? If we could keep it that low. This is just the scenario I've played in my mind. You would want to get the car with the most bang for its buck. Like, honestly, those Nissans and Toyotas have more fucking bells and whistles in them per dollar than Benz's and Bentley's and all this other shit. Like, that new Kia Coolian or some shit that just came out, first off, it's shaped just like the Bentley. It's almost named just identically to it. And it has LEDs inside. It has new lighting. It has a decent little motor that's not bad on gas. Although it's a Kia, and to me, it's the most disgusting shit ever. For $20,000, $30,000, you get a nine-seat SUV that's brand new. I don't give a fuck if it's a Kia or a piece of shit. It's Listen, I'm a car guy, but I'm a goddamn guy that has money to spend on shit that's necessary. So I can get an E-Class, the 300 baby bands for $50,000 used and fit five people, one screen, uh, a couple of things that Mercedes does with their motors, if you get the four, six-cylinder, if you get the Sport, the AMG kit, you know, you get the different options, but also the price goes up. At $50,000, I say you get the standard one that comes, you know, with the suspension differences, the softer seats, this, that, and the third. That's fine. Your insurance may be a little bit higher. You get this Coolion thing, you get a nine-seat car, saves you gas, it's cheaper a month, and will have more bells and whistles. Now, let's say your seats ain't the most comfortable. That's fine because for $125 a month, you're driving in a brand new fucking vehicle. So what the fuck does it matter if you can change the suspension to sport or not? Because all you got to do is get to work. Or all you got to do is get the kids to school. You see, you got to start moving your money right. When you start fighting for these jobs that aren't worth a fuck, you're losing sight. 
see, I was at housing this week trying to help different clients that are on programs. And the biggest issue that we have in most of these government programs is that there's no end game. It's just an open door. There's no end game. Yo, what's the way out of this? There is no way out. You just make more money and then you get off of it. Well, how does one make more money in a situation with a bunch of kids and, and, and maybe a, a, a harder economy because of whatever the circumstance is? So we have housing that's giving away this money and, and doing these things, which are great, but there's no end game. You're not teaching people anything. You're not, bra- you're not teaching new habits, nor are you... Um, you got to break old habits, teach new habits, and then teach um, a, a stability that wasn't there before because obviously that's why they're in the position they're in. So as complex as it may sound, I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, the issue is poverty. The issue is money. So the solution is, well, how do we teach this person to make more money? Let's invest in this person's rent for X amount of years. But during said time, this person needs to go to school. We need to make sure this person has an education and gets a job, a real education. Not no fucking marketing communications. Man, cut that shit out. A real fucking job that they can use their hands and make money. And then in three to four years, instead of spending countless fucking taxpayers dollars on just putting somebody in a house, you have changed a family tree. Because if you teach one person to have a career, they will teach their children, so on and so forth. And you build wealth. If you put somebody in a home, they're paying themselves and they're growing their pockets. They're not growing somebody else's pockets. They're growing their pockets. Because if you buy a home for $150,000 and in two years, you've been making your $1,200 payment and the house has... uh has come back to you with an evaluation of a higher amount. They appraised it higher because of the market. Now you have not only paid off X amount of debt on the house, so that's equity, but the house has gone up $100,000 in equity, 100 and plus more in equity. You literally have $200,000 in your pocket from one good move. You telling me $200,000 at age 27, 28, 35, 45 wouldn't change your whole fucking family's trajectory. So... You want them off the system. You want them to be self-sufficient. You want to change how they look at the system. Well, first off, real education. Real job training. Things that are really going to be used in life need to be taught. You see, unfortunately, the fight for free college and all this other educational shit that these fucking tards keep yelling about when i hear bernie say free college it's too late it's too late you've already lost people you want to get people off the system you want to make people self-sufficient you want to make people um financially literate you want to make them economically literate Lit- fuck me economic i don't even know that's a fucking word economically literate yeah i just made that up what's up google me well, you would have to have genuine conversations with people. It's going to take a little bit longer. It's going to take a little bit more sweat equity, but it'll be worth it. You see, because if you take one person off the system, you will literally have that whole family off the system. I wish I could find the studies. I mean, I don't know how to do studies. I wonder how much it would cost me to do a, a story on, like, if I could take 10 families that are on, on some type of uh, a subsidy and, you know, look at the differences between the people that get a better education and come off of it to the people that are just stagnant looking for, you know, a better way out with the regular job. Like, 
I wonder if there is a program like that. See, these are the things that I that I I, I complain about. Where were these like where are these people that are supposed to help us when we do fall on our face properly, right? Because when I see somebody that's in need, how do I like I where do I begin to even point them in the right direction? I've seen those bad times. Ain't too many people right there waiting to just fucking help. Nobody wants to help. It'd be nice if you sunk all that Section 8 money into um, fucking a vocational school that maybe you subsidize people's rent with a different style of voucher because it's weird because the, the, the program, see, as a realtor, I'm trying to help people that are trying to buy homes or rent with their vouchers. And unfortunately, for a homeowner to put their house on Section 8, for a Section 8 uh, voucher holder to, you know, utilize their voucher and live there, it takes almost three months. Yo, you don't got three months when you're looking for a place to stay. That's a weird regulation. I think that should be changed. I'm, I'm all for that being changed because money's money. I don't see how anybody would turn down money. You see, oh, well, there's Section 8. Well, that's discrimination. I'm having a hard time with Section 8 clients that can't find a place to stay, and they're good people. If they were bad people, here's my thing. If there is a bad person on one of these one of these programs, or there, because there's HUD, there's, um, there's that uh, Help Nevada. Well, this is all. It would be state. I don't know what they would have in your place. I don't even want to talk about it, because there's many here in Las Vegas and in Nevada that help. And I'm sure if you go uh, to your local government's websites, you'll be able to find, you know, what they offer for for housing. But, you know, here the issue is that there's there's been really bad experiences. And and it's just, you know, the discrimination with Section 8 is that it's a bunch of ghetto people that come and fuck up the neighborhood. And then they leave and they do it again with another neighborhood. Uh, It wouldn't be said if it wasn't true. Now, does that mean every single Section 8 person is a bad person? No. No, 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 no. Not at all. Does it mean that every Section 8 person should be discriminated on because they have a Section 8 voucher? No, because, see, Section 8 wasn't made for bad people. It was just made for people in need. Shout out to the Trumps. You can Google that. Um, You know, there's more white people on Section 8 than black people, too, because the, the thing is, it's a stereotype, and it's fucking irritating. When you talk to people about Section 8... They don't understand it. They think it's just free this, free that. But again, um, I find it hard to find rentals from my clients, and I don't even know where to direct them. It's scary. They got weeks. Bro, we're halfway into this month. I'm working with clients down to the wire. Every time I see a new property up, I'm sending it to them, trying to get them in that shit ASAP. See, it's programs like this that fuck up minimum wage. I mean, we live in a city right now where, honestly, on paper, Vegas should not have rent this high. Homes should not cost this much in Las Vegas because, economically speaking, we do not have that fucking money. The hottest job in Vegas going is a goddamn cost center job. That's a fact. We're literally like a sub-tech. We're not even a tech fucking town. We're the customer service town. We, we're we literally the customer service town. And that's fine, but shit, you got to give customer service rent. You can't have people out here that are only making $2,000, $2,500 a month paying $1,400, $1,500 a month in rent for minimal living. I'm talking about the worst type of living. 
you got houses in this part. Yo, on the east side, I'm, I grew up on the east side. Stop it. I seen some rents on the east side, man. I damn near called him and told him to shut the fuck up and hang up the phone. I, I straight, hello, hang up the phone. Fuck you mean you gonna, you want 1300 Bro, you're on lamb. Hang up the phone. Fuck you mean. Hello? Hi, you have a property on Boulder Highway in fucking Sahara. Um, it's a three-bedroom, 1,400 square foot. It says you want 1450 a month, and they need to make three times the amount of rent. Are you out of your fucking mind? If I had a client that made three times the amount of rent, they wouldn't be renting. They'd buy a fucking house. We wouldn't be doing this. It's outrageous. And then these Section 8 homes that you might find have this crazy inflated number. Listen up, dummy. If you're an investor that owns a home and you want to put it on Section 8, you need to pay attention to what's really happening. First and foremost, just because you want uh, $5,700 a month for your piece of shit two-story house with four bedrooms, don't mean some Section 8 subsidiary is just going to run over there and give you their check and then pay the extra. That's not how it works. The program is very, very, very strict. And if you're an investor and that's how you're doing your investment, you're a moron. You should just lose that fucking house. You don't deserve it. You don't know what you're doing with it. You see, Section 8 does help families in need. But at the same time, I think the program is very weak and it needs a ton of work. Ton of work. Now, saying that the program needs work, you would have to have solutions. I think I've given great solutions. Are they refined? No, not at all. But I think I've put out a base and an honest, um, an honest start to a change. It's going to take a long time, but there has to be an end game. You see, because anything that doesn't have an end game and it's just will keep you on the on the program, then that's you know, you're not doing anything. Understand what I'm saying? When there's a program that helps people not do shit, you don't forward their thinking. When you have a person running for president that's telling you to fight for 15 fucking dollars an hour and not telling you. To fucking fight for better education and a free market that will adjust accordingly because we're getting fucked by all the regulations. We're getting fucked by all this inflation. We're getting fucked by this false fucking just uh, the false dream of one business comes into town and changes everything. We live next to a very wealthy state. Nevada is not wealthy. Las Vegas is not wealthy. If it was a free market, we'd be able to balance this shit out and do it right. Nevada is fucked if we, or Vegas, we're fucked if it keeps going this way. This has to adjust. You got rents doubling, but wages aren't. Why? Because there's nothing new here. There's no new jobs here. There's nothing new. We need manufacturing jobs. We need to make shit in this town. We need more tech. We need to do more. We can't ask these businesses to pay more. But how do we get the prices down to a comfortable living, like, fuck a living wage. What do we got to do to even out this economy so that businesses are making their money, reaching their stats, and being able to capitalize on weaknesses? And and how do we have a society that's not dependent solely of the government to live in this town, similar to New York and California? It's a hard fucking question to answer. It really is. But I can't, I'm not okay with a leader that makes you fight for bare minimum. I'm not okay with a person that goes out and makes a fucking mockery of themselves to prove a point that doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. If you broke it down properly, you don't deserve $15 an hour. 
Minimum wage should be $0 an hour. You should get paid for what you do. If you got paid for what you do, you could make X amount of dollars. Like a job like McDonald's should not pay you enough to live. You should not work there. Obviously, you have missed a couple classes. You need to get you a job that pays well. Now, I'm not saying McDonald's won't pay you a living wage at a different position. I know managers at McDonald's and they make very great fucking livings. They live well. They're happy. They like what they do. But that came with hard work. That came from answering phones, flipping burgers, mopping this, that, and the third to, hey, you want to hold an extra shift? How about you become assistant manager? Assistant manager takes more responsibilities. All of a sudden, you're a manager, GM. Now you're running a district. Now you're running half the world. It can happen. It can, but not for everybody. You see, like, I find it hilarious that people go to college for hospitality. College for hospitality? You're telling me you're going to management school? You want to manage a casino. 7,000 kids every fucking day graduate from managing a casino. There's only, like, four fucking managers. What are you doing? You have a better shot at getting the goddamn cart-pushing job. Nobody cares about your stupid marketing degree. What are you going to do? Be a promoter for the next fucking four years of your life? Then become a fucking ex-alcoholic, cocaine-binging piece of shit that fucking works at a car dealership and tells everybody the stories of how you were rocking shit in Vegas? You know how many stories like that you come across in Vegas? It's amazing. Oh, man, bro. I was fucking hot shit, man. I came out here, man, and I was like, I'm going to be somebody, man, and I'm a club promoter, and now I'm 47 years old with one kid, no wife, I'm alone in this fucking piece of shit apartment complex, no car, and I take Lyft to go everywhere. <laughs> or I was a cocktail waitress for five years of my life. Now I'm in my mid-30s, and I can't find a regular fucking job to support me. Or I was a stripper when this stripping shit was popping off, and now I'm in my 40s and 50s, and I can't figure it out. You can't do this shit forever. There has to be an end game. Vegas got a lot of open holes that way. But you can't have somebody come here Telling you to fight for a $15 at McDonald's. No, 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 no. What we need to do is fight for real jobs to come here. You know, we're at a crossroads in this town. Now, where we go next, I don't know. I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to be ready for whatever comes. And I suggest you do the same. They keep on fighting for... They, they want you to fight for scraps. Yo, Scraps. Fuck that. You need to fight for all the shit that you deserve. Let me put it like this. You work hard. You get what you want. I mean, it, it, it. That's the basics of this shit. You work hard and you get it. Sometimes it takes longer. Sometimes you got to adjust your goals. Granted, granted. But when you got people making you fight for the bottom ring of the ladder... Oh, we'll give you free college. It's too late, man. When I'm in my 20s, I don't need free college. I needed this shit when I was in elementary school and middle school, man. I want to work hard so that I can earn what I want. I want to bust my ass so that later, man, Dave Ramsey says it best. I want to live like nobody else now so I can live like nobody else tomorrow. But you can't provide education in my mid-20s, mid-30s when I'm already fucked in the system. And we can't allow, you see, another thing that really blows my mind is why the fuck is the government paying for student loans to classes and and, and different things that honestly don't have any merit? Like, why are we, see, if if our tax money pays for, for college debt and for student loans, and when the government took over that, it created this vacuum where they were raising prices like crazy and fucking all these kids from their money, 
why are we we should be able to evaluate what classes we will pay for with these student loans and we need to evaluate these colleges that we give the power to make these stupid fucking classes that cost money and put people in um uh, uh, basically when you go to school if you're not going to school for something that's going to make you money you're not going to school for shit you just there you're just there you get put in this circle of just being there and doing things but the study of or the da 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 or the whatever, if you can't turn that into a fucking business, you're not doing anything. Like you need it should be more vocational based. I mean, I look, being talented is a hard fucking thing to, to hone in and make money with. So having a plumbing, HVAC, uh, um, a painting company, having a bug spraying company, um, becoming a, a, a whatever, whatever. There's so many fucking things out there is going to be necessary forever, ever, and ever. You may start off as the guy that sprays one house a week to the guy that sprays an apartment complex, two apartment complexes. Then all of a sudden you need three or four more guys. You got five, six, seven, eight trucks. Now you don't even step outside. You don't even touch the bug spray. Now you got 30, 40, 50 motherfuckers working for you. You at home, you on vacation with your family, your kids. And all it took was you putting in the goddamn effort to go out there and do it. It don't, you don't need free college. What you need is real education. Way before college, I went to a vocational school and I used one of my vocations. I wish I would have took more. We need more vocational schools. I have a college teacher that I'm actually going to invite on the show. I want to talk to her about this because I feel that this is one of the biggest issues that we have that as a society, we've allowed ourselves to think that asking for $15 an hour from McDonald's is okay. And with that, live in the moment. Sabian Lavo. Wow.